You know, Jesus did say, in my presence is fullness of joy. And when they said what the kingdom of God was, love, peace, and joy. Amen. Um, I'm going to read from John chapter 14, verse 2. Jesus speaking. I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, if you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do not know him and have seen him, or you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Jesus said, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I have been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Amen. Let's pray. And dear Lord Jesus Christ, almighty living God, Father above, Holy Spirit, come and reveal Jesus in a way we haven't seen before. We ask for a spirit of revelation, but we also ask, Lord, that new revelations of your love and your grace in our hearts, and that it would overflow so much that it would touch everyone we meet this week and in the days ahead. Reveal yourself, Lord. You already have. I know you are here, Father, and I thank you for your faithfulness in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, when I, when I returned home from Vietnam, I went off grid. I purchased two acres of land in Kansas, hiding out in the middle of nowhere in a teepee. And I know some of you are saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard that story before. <laughs> you know, I, I went home last a couple months ago and I visited my my friend who um, I grew up with, and he was talking to my cousin, and what, what he said to her, he says, Richard's always talking about that teepee thing like he's lived there all his life. <laughs> but, but amen. But this is another teepee story. Uh, I, and um, I only said it once at our um, alpha course, but it's a good one. It's really sad, really. desperate and wanting no <laughs> but the, the acreage where I set up the teepee was just like a forest and it was just full of trees and brambles and if you didn't follow the overgrown winding path from the road which is quite a distance distance to my tent you would do yourself damage and back then I wasn't a Christian following Jesus I guess you could say I was working for the dark side or, or the other guy. 
And um, one day, one of my Vietnam friends came over for a visit and we were sitting around the fire at night. You know, you put a fire in the middle of the tent and stuff and we were burning in the middle of the teepee and we were smoking the peace pipe. Really, it, it was a bong. But <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, you are a lifesaver. But we were really going at it, man, and we had a few bottles of wine. I'm not recommending this. But we were drunk, ripped, space out, and quite hippified. We were, we were flying high and crashing like that blimp on the first Led Zeppelin album. I don't know if you're familiar with that. But around midnight, my friend wanted to leave and go home. But outside the teepee door, it was a black hole. There was a clouds over the sky. There was no, no moon, no stars. There was no street lights out there. I didn't have electricity and I didn't have a torch or anything to guide him down that path to get to his car to get home. It was almost travel at your own risk. Well, my servant's heart wasn't activated back then. <laughs> so when my friend asked, would I lead him down the path to his car, I refused. I was just too comfortable sitting there. And I, I was thinking, I don't want to go out there. You can get killed out there. <laughs> So I just told him, here's what you do. You just go out the door and start walking, and I will shout directions to you of how to get to your car and follow the path. So he exits and he staggers out into the night. I holler out to him, go straight ahead, straight ahead, 10 steps. And then that's when he started cursing and getting stuck in the brambles. And then I continued to guide him, now turn right. <laughs> turn right and I hear the curses intensify as he crashes into a tree and I continued with my verbal map turn left and then he's in the brambles again take a right and he continues to curse and mumble as he's whacked by trees tripped by the undergrowth slapped by foliage and stabbed by various branches he finally gave up on my directions and drove off spewing the gravel behind him but you know I didn't have a clue how to guide him on that path I had no idea where he was or where he's going. I was just shooting out these random, <laughs> these random things and just laughing, <laughs> you know. It was quite entertaining. <laughs> Aren't you glad Jesus saved me? <laughs> but here's the point. This is what life is like when you listen to the wrong voice. This is what life is like when you listen to the wrong voice. And these wrong voices, I think we all know, are shouting out to us all the time. Turn left, turn right, go forward five steps. And where do we end up? And some of these voices are very loud and in our face, especially when there is a spirit driving them or members of our own family. Did I say that? When I lived on the kibbutz in Israel, a Jewish friend once jokingly said to me, you know, ask two rabbis anything and you're bound to get three opinions. And, that, and I just thought, yeah. It's almost like Yoda would say, hmm, too many voices, methinks. <laughs> Can't help it. <laughs> yes, it's the Jedi mind trick. And I am your father. No, <laughs> no. But... <laughs> 
Lord Jesus, this is going somewhere. (laughs) But there are many voices trying to lead us off the path God has started us on. And especially for the young people, you, you know, I feel for you because you are facing things that, that we never had to face when I, was a, when I was a youngster. And a lot of these voices that are trying to lure us can be quite convincing. And they would say things like, how can you be, believe the Bible that's so full of contradictions? Or, or science disproves the seventh-day creation. How can you believe that? Then they would say Ezekiel chapter 1 is really about a UFO encounter. You know, it's not about God. Then the others would say miracles don't happen or the worldwide flood. I mean, come on now, get real. Jesus was God and they would question that. And the list goes on and on and on. And you'll see television shows about how, why, why we shouldn't believe what we believe. And the verbal sludge of conspiracy theories never ends. I once read a book by a, by a very famous philosopher of religion and theologian. His name was John Hicks. And he asked the question that a lot of people ask. And it was, which is the right religion? Which one is correct? They all can't be correct. Which one is true? You know, which voice should I follow when I get a rush of blood to the head and feel a bit spiritual? And his answer was very practical. He said, this is how you choose the right religion. Just look at the quality of the saints that religion produces. (laughs) Very practical. It's almost like, Like you're thinking of Hinduism? Look at the Hindus. What kind of life are they living? Or you're thinking of Islam? Look at the Muslims. What kind of life are they living? Or the Baha'i or the Buddhist or Christianity? Take a look at the Christians. That one's scary. But but it's like choosing a meal at a buffet. You know, what what is the truth? What, What voice do I follow? I don't know how we would fare against Buddhist monks or Mahatma Gandhi or or the Dalai Lama as Christians if we were going by that criteria. But that aside, I I know most of us here have already chosen the path we are on. We are already chosen. We we are Christians and we're following Jesus. And and we, we believe and know that is true. But it's still hard to escape all the voices that are always telling us to discard our faith. Do you ever find that? Am I talking to the right crowd here? It's hard to escape these voices. They're on TV, the movies, everywhere, trying to convince us that we chose poorly and put doubts in our head of who we are following. And I think we all wrestle with doubt now and then. And it goes further than religion. Look at all the gender issues we face today. Shouting out, turn right, turn left. Now take these five easy steps to a happy life. It's not always that easy staying on the path in what Jesus set us on. Even with an open Bible, I mean, just look at the issues being debated in the, in the worldwide church. You know, once I was, I think I was a Christian about a year and a half or so, and I was in Colorado, and there was five or six of us in a house, and we were just talking and praying, and then the doorbell rang, 
and one of the girls that was in our group went to answer the door. And we sat at the table and continued to talk. And then about 20 minutes later, we thought, man, where, where did Susan go, you know? She's been gone a long time. And we went to the door, and she was talking to a couple of Moonies, and they were convincing her to go with them, and she was going to go with them which is just totally bizarre, really. We told those Moonies to hit the bricks or, you know, go. And then, um, and, and then we, we, we said, you aren't taking her anywhere. And we brought Susan back to the room. We had to pray with her and we had to talk with her to kind of talk her down. And then she was saying things like, I don't know what came over me. I know better than that, you know. I'm not just going to throw out my faith in Jesus to go off with, with a cult or something. And that's when... Um, that was my first encounter with the spirit of deception. The spirit of deception comes, it goes further than the words. We hear the words, but a spirit of deception comes and, and brings those words to life that you would believe a lie and, and, and it seems so logical to you when it's just one big lie. A spirit of deception. It's telling you to turn right, turn left, and you end up in the brambles. In chapter, 1 John chapter 4 tells us of two spirits at work in this world. One, he says, is a spirit of truth, and the other one is a spirit of deception. And the spirit of deception will take you all kinds of places. It's, it's one of the most subtle and insidious forces the early church and disciples had to wrestle with. Throughout the New Testament, there was always, you read it almost in every book, there is warnings about this. Warning the Christians, don't listen to these other voices. Don't listen to these people because there is a spirit behind them. And these other voices in the world are not our friends. And what they want to do is just put chains on us not only on our hearts, but on our minds, and they lead us into the brambles. For example, the church at Corinth, 2 Corinthians 11:3, he said, but I am afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray but from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. Do we find that today? Galatians 1:6 says, to the Christians at Galatia. I am astonished, Paul said. I am totally astonished. It makes no sense that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. They're, they're wrestling and fighting the spirit of deception. Colossians to the church there. He says, know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. And you know, there are many people out there that are much smarter than we are. There are many people out there that have better arguments than we have. And those voices are very loud and, and I'm just saying this is what the early church even had to fight with. This is what Paul was warning the Christians about. But it was going on all the time. Turn right, crash into the brambles. Turn left, crash into a tree. Spirit of deception can affect 
an entire nation. It can affect a generation. It can affect a society. It, it, it can spread over an entire island. I think it's happening right now in the world. If you ever listen to the news, I listen to the news and I'm not going to get into it in America. And I think, man, this is spirit of deception going on there. All the stuff going on. Just thinking of that old, that, that children's song. Oh, be careful, little ears, what you hear. Oh, be careful, little ears, what you hear. For the Father up above is looking down with love. So be careful, little ears, what you hear. You know it? Let's sing it. <laughs> oh, be careful, little ears, what you hear. Oh, be careful, little ears, what you hear. For the Father up above is looking down with love. So be careful, little ears, what you hear. Amen. So we often have the question, well, how do we stay free? How do we keep on the path? And it's a narrow path, the path laid out in the Bible. You know, I, I used to pray, Lord, give me clarity. Don't let me be deceived. But I find truth and deception is more than just a head issue. It's also an issue of the heart. And I don't pray that as much anymore. Deception is subtle and it leads to bondage, not freedom. Jesus said, and you know it well, the truth will set you free in any age. And it was the main question. What is it? The main question Pilate had um, when he asked Jesus at his trial. He says, yeah, you say this, Jesus, but what is truth? That's a question on many people's minds. What is truth? How do I know what's true or false? I hear so many voices I don't know anymore. I don't know if you ever feel that way. How do I know I'm not being led astray or going off the path? Well, God in his wisdom knew what we would face in this world. Jesus was well aware of all the voices that we would rise up against our faith and against us and against his word. So Jesus, I love this, Jesus took that whole issue out of the arena of language. Oftentimes we think it's hearing words and are those words true or not. But Jesus just took that whole idea of truth out of the realm of language. He exited, he exited that question from the realm of all the philosophies and philosophers. He sidestepped all of science when he's talking about the truth. And he made it all very, very personal. He said, John 14, 6, this otherworldly lesson that went beyond words, dogmas, and philosophies. He said, I am the way I am the truth I am the life and no one no one no one comes to God the Father except through me and what Jesus is saying is you can't just come to God through words 
or contracts or even right thoughts or good theology or even prayers. Not just that, but you have to come through me. I am the way. And what he's saying here, I am the path. As a matter of fact, Jesus would say, let's be clear about this. I am the word. He was always talking like this. And, and we could say, oh, but Jesus, what about all the contradictions and those crazy, disturbing things I can't get my head around in the Bible? What is the right path? How do I stay on the right path? Jesus said, I am the path. I am the way. I am the road to the true Father God, the creator of all things, who even created your little heart and mind. Oh, but Jesus, but what about all these other world religions and philosophies? How do I know which one's the truth? Jesus said, I am the truth. I am your orthodoxy. I am. But what about eternal life? I want to go to heaven. How do I get there? What's the meaning of life? I am the life. The life of God that you are looking for. You want contentment, joy, peace, and love? You come through me. Not a religion or a concept or a scientific inquiry or a philosophical thought. It's all in and through me. And he took it out of the realm of truth being language, precepts, concepts, scientific evaluations and all this. He took it all, took it out of that and just said, no, it's very personal. It's not about thoughts. It's me. Is this making some sense? I am all you need. I am all you need to know. And I am everything you have been searching for. And I will keep you right. Keep looking to me and you will not be deceived or wander off the path. Because if you're looking to me, I'm telling you, I am the way. I am the path. You are on it when you are with me. Abiding with me. To God, truth isn't just a doctrine, words or correct statements. Truth is a person. The way or the path is not a law or just a treasure map we call the Bible. The path is a person. Life and eternal life is not a detached gift we cling on to and hope. Eternal life is a person. Here's the point. Anytime we veer away from the person and focus on the product, we open ourselves up and others to deception. And that's when we wander off the path, when we lose sight that Jesus is the path. I'm connected to him. I'm staying Welcome to voiceover. Him. Voiceover him. speech descriptions person, on items on the screen and can be used to control the computer using only your keyboard. If you already know how to use voiceover, not just press the VT now. If you want to learn how him. to use voiceover, press the space bar now. People want to know the reality of God. So they are looking up and inside they are shouting whether you see it on their faces or not. Everybody out there is shouting. There must be more than this. But they don't even know what path to go on. So they look up. Paul tells us in Romans eight nineteen, the creation waits in eager expectation. It's almost like, come on, 
Come on, where is it? I'm waiting, waiting in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. And he's not talking about just being revealed in the sweet by and by or at the second coming. He's also talking about right now, the people on the street need to see the children of God revealed, revealing Jesus through them. And just as Jesus revealed the Father when people encountered him, we are called to do the same. Jesus should be revealed through us even without words. Because we walk in the covering and the anointing, we put on Christ. And we are Christ to this world through us. It's a person. And I don't always have to have the right answers. I have to have the person. I don't need the right answers when I meet someone, but I sure need the person of Jesus to be revealed. We are to be Christ in this world as ambassadors of God's kingdom. We are, we are summoned to show them the more that they are hoping for beyond space and time. And this more is, is beyond words. The world doesn't need additional speeches. They don't need additional ideas. The world doesn't need more spiritual stories without an encounter of the Holy Spirit to back them. It's just making sense. We need the Holy Spirit to back, to back it. I often pray, and I'm not saying it happens all the time, sometimes it does, but I often pray, Lord, when I talk to somebody, even about you, may your spirit that is on me cover them as I'm speaking. May they not just hear words, but may they truly experience you. We carry Jesus Christ. And this is the way Jesus lived. And when people were around him, he didn't have to say anything. They knew there's something of God upon that man. We preach the gospel. Jesus died for our sins and rose from the grave and washed away our, washed away our sins. That, I, mean, I mean, we don't turn from that but the gospel is more than just statements of dogma it tangibly reveals there is a good king who now sits at the right hand of God the father whose name is above all other names in heaven and earth and he does things he does miraculous things even today and for those who put their faith in him and his sacrifice on the cross he declares not guilty and when he does you know it you are free and you know it. That guilt is lifted from you. I think most of us, all of us would, would, would testify to that. I was miraculously saved by Jesus before I knew the doctrines about him. You know, and, and, and when I came to know him, he revealed himself. I won't go into the detail again of that. But then it was later that I read the Bible it was almost like a retroactive thing to me. It was like, oh, you'll be born again. And I would think, oh, yeah, that's what happened to me. I know it. You, you know, all things become new. And I thought, oh, that's what happened to me. And as I read the Bible, I started to say, yeah, that, all of that's what was happening. But I met the person. Then God filled in the details. I met the person before I knew that product, before the product, and that 
And that is carrying me throughout eternity. It will carry me. And I haven't swayed from it because I am not basing my faith on just words or being convinced in my head that something is right or wrong or truth or false. What I know is I know the person. I know the experience. I I, I know the change he made. And nobody's going to talk me out of that. I'm staying on the path. And that path is Jesus Christ. Knowing him, abiding in him, seeking him, walking in his presence moment by moment. Once you know the person and cling to him, no philosophy, no scientific theory or investigation or theological anomaly is going to convince us to throw in the towel and wander off the path or doubt our faith. Or the things that Jesus told us about in the Bible. Words without a Holy Spirit revelation and encounter will never free a person. It's the individual Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit that does the freeing. I often tell my, myself and others the best way to avoid deception is not to pray for clarity or divine protection, but to be a lover of the truth. If you love the truth, you will not be deceived because you'll know. And like Pilate said, well, what is truth? (laughs) The irony is truth was standing right there in front of him, looking him in the eye, but he was too deceived to see it. You know, faith is a choice we make to believe But the revelation that triggers that choice is God himself and it's his presence. And you know, greater minds in this world often bombard us with cynicism and reasons to abandon our hope. And if we listen and follow them, our world will shrink to the size of their philosophy. I mean, atheists give all the reasons of why we should abandon our faith. But I think our faith, everything about the Christian faith, and the more you get to know Jesus and everything thing that he does, you begin to see, man, this is so big. The ideas are mind-boggling that God would come to earth and die on a cross, you know? And to think that I am going to trade such a vast, eternal, even, even in thought, universe and then say okay yeah you atheists are right you what are you doing you're trading away everything for an empty kettle (laughs) it's empty it's it's like jumping to my plane but the plane doesn't have a pilot the truth will set us free but for the christian the truth is more than words and explanations, it is a person, Jesus the Messiah. Get to know him and all the other voices will have no pull upon us. Stay close to him and he will set us free and we will be free from a spirit of deception. Is this making sense? Praise the Lord, O my soul. We are on the path because he is the path he is the way we're in the truth because he is the truth I don't have to worry about figuring out all the details of everything everybody's explaining to me I just have to keep my eyes on one thing Jesus is my truth 
And this morning, you may feel maybe the, the path is a bit dark <laughs> and you don't have a torch or a flashlight. Sometimes we feel there are just too many voices around us saying turn left and turn right. Well, I find it comforting also. Jesus said in John 8, 12, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And that's why we hold on to him. My faith is in him to keep me on the path, not on my mental agility to suss out all the theories. And in all this, I'm not saying doctrine doesn't matter. All I am saying is that we are going to spend eternity with a person, not a doctrine. We're going to spend eternity in the Holy Spirit, not just an orthodox, you know, statement. And I'll end with this. This is where I'm at, and I'm sure many of you are at too. I like it. Joshua said it, 2415. No matter what, through all these voices, but as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And I would say as for us in this house, we together, we're going to serve the Lord. And we keep our eyes on him. Let's pray. And dear Father, we thank you for the adventure. We thank you for the challenges. But we thank you that you keep us on the right path because you are the path. And Lord, we pray. That even as us as a congregation, Lord, you keep the fountain pure. Help us never to lose sight of you. And may your blessing be upon each one of us. And I would just say too, we'll have people praying up here. For anybody who would desire prayer today, come on up and there'll be people to pray with you. And if you feel something stirring in you that you want pray, even to come to know the Lord Jesus Christ come and someone will pray for you. I think you'll be surprised what he will do. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.